Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever Last Chance Talks podcast. In this podcast, we just talk about random shit. Bear in mind, we are a comedic podcast. There's all satire, there's a lot of jokes, and there's a lot of cussing. We're just here to make you laugh, guys. In this week's podcast, we'll talk about the Thanos 50% snap from Infinity War and Endgame, along with a post-apocalyptic world, essentially of our own design. If you don't want to hear about the Thanos' snap and how Infinity War and Endgame are, then you can skip up about 10 minutes and you'll be more than good to go. So this week we have Lil Rebel. You gotta fucking say something so, after I say your name. Hey, Rebel. 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 I'm keeping this in. I'm, I'm keeping was, this in. That was my bad. Yeah, that's that was funny. totally. I lagged out. I just heard. This week I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I'll wait. Is my time? So this week we have Lil Rebel. That's me. Program. Yo. Stitch. Hey. Fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and me, your host, Rez. Have we, we all seen Endgame? Ha- yeah, has everyone seen Endgame? Yep, we can talk about spoilers. Program? No. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't care about spoilers. Well, a lot of people haven't seen Endgame, though. Uh, the spoiler period is up. We're allowed to talk about it. All right. Um, here all you right. go. Here you go. Hold on. If you have not seen Endgame... Up to this point, I would recommend fast-forwarding, say, 10 minutes, give or take. Maybe Probably a little less. Longer. Probably longer. Uh, there you go. Uh, spoilers incoming. The Thanos is 50% left. How that would affect today's society. You mean like if the snap happened? Yeah, okay. like literally if Thanos popped in and went, Hey, fuck you guys, snap. Yo, dog. Well, fuck, we'd have half a podcast. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be me and acting Mr. fucking crazy towards Mr. 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 Rebel, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus hops on. Uh, so I'm here for the snap meeting. <laughs> Where is everyone? Messages group chat disintegrated at 9:32 p.m. Thanos <laughs> replies instead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Late to the party. <laughs> New Facebook. Who this? <laughs> man, what the fuck? My, my that would be so many Facebook accounts. What if- the fuck, man? My homie left me on dusted. <laughs> Kind of realistic, though. That would really, uh, <laughs> it, it would be really different should something like that happen. Like, say Thanos snaps, you're sitting around just kind of doing what we do, right? You'd play it and say, For the listeners at home, uh, all we do is get up, go to work, come home, and literally sit down on our fucking computers. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're nerds, but, you know, for normal people, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> normal people for go to the, bars. For all <laughs> the normal. For all the normies out there, if you're just <laughs> sitting down somewhere and all Tip of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, literally half of the fucking bar just disintegrates into dust. To be fair, you're probably getting drinks half off that night, so I think realistically, it's a win. Bartender goes away. Yeah, you got to see the positive, man. Bartender goes Captain away. America preached that shit in the movie. <laughs> Everyone who works at the bar just miraculously gets dusted away, right? You hop <laughs> yeah. the bar. You go, I'm running this bitch now. <laughs> it's my bar, bitch. <laughs> I am the captain, no. <laughs> but, like, what would, what would it entail for, like, the political portion of it? Dude. Well, that would, that would more depend on just, like, who goes, though. Because you have to think if, say, I don't, I don't know. Half the Senate goes, right? Yeah, so that's 50 people then, out of the 100. Then you would have to... I would guess you would have to refill it, right? But who would be good enough to refill it with? Would you refill it with, like, people I'll who do are it. already at, like, a lower political position? Fuck you, know? you will, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, we uneducated can do shit, too, okay? Oh, yeah? I don't even, oh, yeah? I don't even trust you with my keys, let alone my country. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 
So it, say like Thanos' stuff happened and say the president gets dusted, right? Next in line is vice president and say he's also dusted. Miraculously, everyone that's in the top 15 of the office, so president, speaker of the house, um, president pro, pro temporo, secretaries, all of them, the attorney general and everyone, if they all got dusted, who would replace them? Would there be another election like immediately or would people just cause fucking mayhem? I would, I would think it would probably divulge into mayhem at least for a little while after a while it would probably you would have to have a re-election but i don't think something like that would happen immediately i think it would be more pan like widespread panic for probably a couple of months yeah and then eventually the army would recoup and everybody would get their shit back together you know but in the movie it so in the movie a snap happens right snap happens in infinity war then five years go by, and then Endgame happens. Between yeah. that time span, the like you can physically see it when Scott Lang comes out of the quantum realm, when he's literally just walking down the street with his wagon. You can see cars on the side of the road that are like covered in vines and all that kind of stuff. And there's a kid that just won't even speak to him because he probably hasn't seen a person in like a week and a half. Yeah, which to me. I think in the movie it was kind of overplayed. Like, yes, okay, half of the fucking country got, like, snapped out of existence. I get that, right? The but world. That, no, the universe, not the country. Yeah, okay, but you would have to, on a smaller level, that would mean half of your yeah. country's gone too, right? Yeah. And I think it was kind of overplayed because, well, there's no way he wouldn't have seen another person because if it's only half, then that's just half the street, right? Yeah. Plus, he didn't go too far down the street past the kid and, like, right into his house. So, I mean, there's got to be, uh, there had to be people. I don't think that was his uh, his reason for, like, not speaking to him. Okay. He might have just been, like, you know, he was a young kid. Parents probably taught him not to uh, talk to strangers, especially crazy ones it's walking down the road with a ragon. <laughs> a ragon. A ragon? <laughs> we should ragon. All right, Scooby, um... So the current population of the U.S. is 327 million, okay, just about. Half of that would be 163 million and 600,000. So it would really depend on a lot of different factors for even if you just look at a local point of view, it would really depend who got snapped out. Oh, yeah. So, but like say everyone, even if it's the first snap and... He can't control it, obviously. In the movies, he can't control it. But say he could, and he snapped out everyone that had any sort of political reign or power whatsoever. So there were no politicians, there was no, like, House, no uh, Senate, nothing like that. I mean, at that point, it would probably revert back to kind of a tribal situation, you know what I'm saying? Where, like, your local community is ultimately the government that you're kind of with. Especially around more rural areas. Yeah. Like the South, for instance. Oh, definitely. Because those, those guys are definitely, uh, <laughs> if something like that were to happen, there would be one or two guys in a community who would probably really come out and it would be it would be tribes all over the place. You wouldn't be able to go from Tennessee Shit. to Kentucky. It would be different in each state. That would mean downtown Greenville is a tribe. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> And then you get the Lawrence County tribe making a moonshine for everybody. Yeah, that's the one that nobody goes near. <laughs> that's the one you want to stay away from. Yeah, but you would also have to think that, especially if it uh, went into madness, even not really worrying about like world political leaders, because if you snap half Earth's population, and they're just gone, half of them, right? Yeah. That completely changes the balance of power in terms of most nations as well. Because while we may have a really big army now, if you snap half of it away, or if you snap, you know, say we have more, which this may not be the case, I'm not entirely sure here, but say we have more people in like the army reserve than we do active duty, then those guys who've never seen combat are now having to go active duty, and all of a sudden we're three times as weak as we were literally two minutes ago right mm-hmm. then you have nations especially smaller nations towards europe and stuff like that that would uh probably try to do a little bit of old school conquering and the uh some of the lesser populated nations as well would try to 
because you're just losing a lot less of your population than everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's, it's really evening up for those sort of guys. Yeah, so. it would essentially become a clean slate, but we would still have tech and everything. Yeah. And revert back to mammoths and spears and pitchforks and that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah then it would just more depend on the type of people that you did have to hit. Because if, if you had some guys who were very nationalistic in some of the smaller nations, mm-hmm. then you probably have some guys who are ready to you know, rally an army and retake, where all of a sudden, after the snap, some little random nation in Europe somewhere becomes one of the bigger powers just strictly because their military didn't get snapped in half as much as, you know, France or Germany. Imagine the Swedes having the largest military in the world. That would be ridiculous. Very well, yeah, something like that very well could happen. Yeah. And just imagine nations like Russia. They wouldn't have near the manpower that they needed to keep borders. I mean, sure, they would get fucked. They would get eaten alive. That's, they, yeah, that's they, very true. Yeah. So. But then, but in, in a case like that, where you, you're putting like nukes and stuff to it, if you're the leader of a nation who has just had half of its manpower depleted, you're under a lot more watchful eye than you were before because you're kind of the guy who's going to reshape history, right? So I wouldn't think I wouldn't think that any form of government would be willing to do uh, any sort of nuclear weapons, really. Yeah, that's very I mean, true. I could be wrong. You know, people are <laughs> shitty people out there, but I wouldn't think anyways. It would be uh, it would be a weird situation more, more towards a local level, really, like a national thing, because like all right, you use yourselves, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. If right now half of your family just disappears, okay? You're sitting in your chairs right now, and all of a sudden your wives disappear, your kids disappear, you know, your grandparents are gone, family members, all of that stuff. Obviously, I don't really think that you would have to worry so much about um, – uh, bills and stuff like that at that point that's probably out the window <laughs> i would think but you but you really you have to worry about how you're going to feed them i mean yeah, the power they, company calls uh so we know you're going through a hard time right now yeah. we but know we half of your family <laughs> literally just died but you need to get back to work bro yeah hey, dog, <laughs> that nine to five ain't working itself son <laughs> yeah that nine to five can go fuck itself son. yeah right <laughs> But you you would really have to worry about how you would go out and feed your family because that also means that half of agriculture is gone. Yeah. That means most of the ranchers are gone. The guys who distribute are gone. And the guy who distributes exactly. <laughs> food. Fuck it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Wait, that would mean half the wheat that's... Available unless you can find somebody. No, bro, I'll fix that problem. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) He did not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Had to piss off a stoner in two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) The weed's gone bat, motherfucker. But yeah, all those uh, all those hours in Farm Simulator are gonna pay off. (laughs) They're paying off, boys. Here we go, dude. We were talking about this like a week ago, right? I'm gonna add this all here. Because it kind of works into it. Um, if you took us four, okay, mm-hmm. and created a society, what roles would we have? Like, this is post-apocalyptic. Donald Trump has pushed the button. Vladimir Putin's pushed the button. And everything's fucked. You can, you can physically see the nukes outside your window. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not literally, but shit's dying around you. In this group. Things are popping. Yeah, yeah. Out of the four of us. Who would have what roles? Because me, we'll see. We really want y'all's input on yeah. this. Because me and Ishan talked about this about a week ago, and like already three hours. Well, Thank find it. We kind of want to hear. <clears throat> yeah. Per- personally. Uh. So say a little was, bit of your background, like your games and stuff like that. What you play, what the way your head works. Well, well, let me let me answer the question first. First, I know Rebel is uh, a little bit of a chunkier boy, so I think his role should be tank personally. 
Um, Wait, what do you mean, Tay? I think we're uh, talking about a DPS. I don't oh no 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 yeah, I don't like that you just attacked me right now. <laughs> That's Listen, not what we're talking sir. about though. I, I know. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> you all fell right into it. I watched that happen. It was I so mean, good. I don't know what you expected. <sighs> Fuck ten you. out of ten, Stitch, ten out of ten. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, answer yeah, the fucking say, question. Say, yeah, yeah, I'm going. I'm going back to the question. Um, uh, personally, I I don't know. What are we? Are we saying just like in general, like apocalypse? Yes. Yeah, like situation. We'll use, we'll use ours for example, right? Like, yeah. say so, out of us four, we had to pick a leader, right? Yeah. The guy who makes decisions, be it hard decisions or whatever. Me and Ishan yeah. thought that my mind worked the best for that. You picked me, right? I'd, yeah, I'd agree. Then, with then you would need somebody who would be more like head of security. You would need a guy who'd kind of run scouting for the squad. You would need a guy who's kind of better just to sit at base and make sure things are repaired. Well, I'm kind of curious. You I'm guys already talked about this. What did you guys? What did you guys pick for all of us? Yeah. Do you, do okay. We we got yeah. Zach's the leader. Yeah, I, got I got it. So no. Oh, yeah. Okay. What did you guys pick? So for the four of us, okay, Zach would be the leader because Zach is better at making decisions than a lot of us. Okay. Actually, than all of us. Okay. Yeah. Which is saying something about us. But he is better at making decisions. We're taking so we're taking this based off of what games you play, what kind of games you play as well, and what like personal history you have as well. Okay. So, for you, Jesus would probably put you in the fields, because you know more about the farming aspect of everything than we would. So, I, I think that's a little bit on the fair side. Uh, yeah, me boy? Yeah. On, on the defense side, it would be Stitch, solely because you have some military training, and mm. you're, it's easier for you to be in that role and make those kind of decisions, because you already kind of know what you're doing. And I would be the scout. To go out and run about and just cause trouble. That that's what we came up with. Yeah. We want honestly, your input. Gonna be a, that was honestly gonna be about what mine was. Um I mean all of those roles are really fitting. The only ones that I would switch potentially would be uh maybe maybe program being on, on scout just because of I've seen how he plays video games and uh, he's a big scout kind of guy. But whenever the three of us play, when it's me, Jesus, and Zach, I'm the scout that's, most of the time. That, that's kind of fair, though. As... Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because you think about the years of video games, I, I yeah, I usually not, run the backline scout or the frontline scout. That, like. Not just that, but if you look, if you look more realistic instead of looking at kind of what we all play realistically program's a pretty small guy wholesale yeah. so he'd be able to kind of navigate a little bit better than i think you would no offense oh, yeah. to you but yeah. he'd be able to kind of navigate the land a little bit better and you kind of have a head <laughs> yeah you kind of have a head for some different technical stuff and you know you can you can do common sense shit so i'm sure I'm sure the alternative parts that he would have to, that he would have originally filled, you could still feel yeah. pretty pretty easily, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. But I mean, here's, really here's my other thing. Way. There's nothing saying that you can't have more. You could definitely bring out teams to each of said things yeah, going yeah. out. Yeah, because you don't want to just scouting and it, like. During the farming portion, you don't just want one guy to be literally sitting there twiddling his thumbs. Right. So. Right. Yeah, we were just kind of looking at it uh, from a very we we laid out guidelines when we had talked about it, and uh, our guidelines was just specific roles. It say everybody has a singular job. That is the only job that they do, and those those were the rules that we defined. We talked about it. Of course, yeah. you could have say me and. 
me and Red uh, scouting one day or you and Rez going out to handle something or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you would have the scenarios, but we were just trying to predefine roles if something like that were to happen. Yeah. Just kind of an overseer of each each uh, technical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like we got to the point where we were talking about who you would bring okay family doesn't really count in this okay obviously you're gonna bring your family right out of the people that you know who do you think would fit into your area better or even other areas like if you know somebody we tried to make it like a max of 10 people and Mm -hmm. we went through essentially this entire discord link like list and for at least me and little rebel so we know everybody on this list we know who we would bring just because we know them so well and stuff like that. But I kind of want to get your input. What kind of what kind of people you would bring? Not exactly who, but like what kind of people you would bring to kind of help with all of this. Um, well, there's certainly... Definitely bring more military people. Mm-hmm. Military trained... At least a couple. Like, not I'm not going to bring a full full team of nothing but military because you still have other aspects to look out for. You've got to look at technical aspect, uh, which was brought up. If equipment goes out, you have to be able to repair it and you have to have the people to repair that. Um, You've got to have, you've got to have people that are traversed in in not only agriculture but like disease control and things of that nature because obviously agriculture isn't it it can't just it's not self-functioning like there are things that you need to take into consideration when going through that um and i mean aside from that uh I don't know. That would probably be my team. I'd probably split it evenly between those three. Those feel like the most important in a situation like that. Okay. Would there... So, what about you, program? You're talking about your program? Program. Oh. Well. No, I'm dry as shit. That's my problem. Yikes. Yeah, that's bad. You're like Bender. You get fucking <laughs> rust face, and you're like, uh... Well, you know, if you looked at my face, I, I have a big-ass beard, does that count? He does have a rust face. Yeah, that's 24-7. You're right. I mean, I mean, it's worse now. <laughs> probably. My wife would probably agree with you. I don't know, the rules you all picked out, That I mean, that sounds about right. It sounds about logical. I do find it kind of amusing that you said a little rebel would be the leader, though... All, Throughout the years of our shenanigans, I ran the show. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense why you said a little rebel. I, I don't disagree with that, but I find it really amusing that you guys said that as opposed funny, to my ass. Funny enough, when we talked about it off camera, I said the same thing. I said that yeah. it was kind of weird that he picked me because everything that we've ever done, you've always been... Uh, it's been ran through me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so we would probably have a council kind of system, right? Like... Say us four created the society and us four would be on the council, right? And one person would see each separate aspect of the society. Little Rebel would see the, the general, how the base works. Program would see the agriculture portion or the scouting portion, whichever it is, whatever he wants to do. Okay. Stitch would see more of the military portion and more of the defense side of it. Okay. So like that's kind of the roles we kind of picked out on the council. Yeah, and we went with we went with the council system, but we went with kind of a weird sort of uh, kind of like a single monarch with a council around him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like one of us would be like essentially the king. All four of us would have input. So say yeah. if something came up like yeah, if something came up like uh, food had to be divvied, right? I would go to the council. The council. Attempt to make a decision, but ultimately it would still be 
my decision. Yeah, or you would be on how I want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Be presented with the options, and then you would go and kind of pick what would be the best for everybody. And it, that's not saying that he has to do it on his own at all. Like, yeah. if he really wants everyone to go, hey, I I can't do this on my own. I need everyone here so we can actually talk about this and figure it out and take everyone's input. That's cool too. Like, that just depends on what you want to do. So. We're not just sticking to a one-person system, because yeah. a lot of times the one-person system can be flawed. Yeah, so. we had had a, we we had pulled up at least a few scenarios where a one-person system makes sense and uh, generally better off in situations like in situations like defense or divvying out manpower because whomever whomever has to go out, like say the situation arises where we're just going to put stitch in the security role, because I think we all pretty much agree on that. Yeah. Uh, say, say stitch is like our head of security guy, right? Uh, you have a bandit camp, some say two miles down, they're coming in, they're messing with our scouts. Uh, we've had some guys get kind of banged up and we decide to do something about it. Right. That kind of situation deem more towards the individual leader, just because if if Stitch comes to whomever the leader would be, just use me as an example. If Stitch were to come to me and was like, "We need to do something. This bandit camp. I need four guys, and I have the four in mind," but then the four that he picks has important roles elsewhere, right? Like say. Uh, he picks four guys that aren't necessarily from his division. Like, say, picks two guys who are running with res scouting and whatnot. Then those sort of situations, it would be a lot better for the singular monarch to kind of make that decision and say, no, you don't take that guy, you take this guy, this guy, and this guy instead, right? That makes sense. Yeah, where the council kind of situation would go more for... More for uh, grand schemes where uh we we adopted four new members and where do they go okay so the agriculture guy wants him the scouting guy wants him, the security guy wants him and you know the last guy goes the agriculture guy too that would be kind of the reason run with a council instead of uh an arc i'd agree with that for sure yeah, we uh, we had a very full length discussion about it. Yeah, it was like <laughs> and, three and a half uh, hours long. Uh, yeah, it was something like that. And uh, he had actually brought up a great point about making decisions because we were talking about uh, kind of getting realistic with it and talking about how you go about those sort of decisions and what you deem important in certain scenarios and not important in other scenarios. Yeah. Like uh like the bandit camp issue. That was one we had brought up specifically. And I kinda wanna know what you guys would have to say about that because for whatever reason everybody has kind of put me as the head here. So <laughs> so it sucks, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it's terrible. It does. And uh so he put y'all y'all put me as the head here, and I kind of want to know what y'all would say, just to see how much it differs. Where if a situation like that were to arise, and say we only had us four, right? Um, how do you pick the two guys that goes to the bandit camp? How do you pick which two people could potentially lose their lives trying to raid a bandit camp? Dance off. Okay. I agree with you. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. Right, I get it. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Um, personally, I know this. Uh, I hate to. I hate to say this, but I would do physical tests. Like upon upon entry, there would be like you physical would be tests. You only one just... passing that. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean you gotta you gotta take into account you're in an apocalyptic 
like zones. So it's not going to be a full physical test, but like I want to see what each person can do. And if I don't think they're strong enough to go on said like scouting or missions, like then cut them off to the side, throw them in agriculture. Okay. Like it's kind of a very Jedi approach, but but what if they have the head for it? Ah, but use us four. Just say the colony is just us four, and the scenario is just us four. There's a bandit camp two people, two miles down the road, right? Yeah. Out of us four, how do you decide who to pick? Um, Tug, solid, right? Solid, <laughs> solid. No, no, no. It's a matter of tactically. Th- how well are? How quick are you on your feet tactically? And how quick are you in like? coming up in a situation where you don't know or you didn't know was going to happen. And then how good are you able to develop a strategy on the fly? Alleviate said situation in that a timely manner. That makes sense. But how do you, how do you measure something? How do you, if it's us four so sitting we, in a place. Say we, get a, say we get a fifth guy and I don't know him. Like I know you guys. Is what you're saying? Like, because yeah, I know yeah, I've known yeah. you guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, look, the scenario is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. when we all play games together, we know how we think yeah. when we yeah. play games together. But yeah. it's completely different when there's realistic bullets flying and oh, yeah. the realistic threat of being dead. There's no yeah. telling that I talk an awful lot of shit, and I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I talk an awful lot of shit to everybody. And there's no telling that when bullets start flying, that that doesn't 360 right, right. you just oh, don't yeah. know in a situation so how do you realistically go about testing that and saying you're definitely the guy that's going on this mission right i mean at that point it just becomes a stress test like again not to, to go back to the military um how well do you deal with stress and like without putting you in that situation you don't really know until you experience it firsthand, which is kind of a dangerous game. Um, well, there's a military, I mean, don't they fire live rounds over you? Yes. Or around you at some point in time? That is their version of stress testing, right? To a degree. I mean, yeah, well, the whole, to a the whole point, basic, yeah. The whole basic training is to see how you react under pressure. I mean, you've got your drill sergeants are yelling at you, like, you are rushed, you are like on a time crunch, you need to get your shit done and you needed to get it done in a timely, like within a very short time frame. think on the fly, get your shit done and keep going. And like, there's all these different factors that they put in. Like that's one of the exercises there's, you're getting yelled at constantly. You're always on a time crunch. And if you fail said time crunch, which usually you do, you get disciplined for it, so it's like, okay, I have a reason to not fail this time crunch, even though I know I probably will. So you're put under this like constant stress mode, and that's, I mean, obviously you're not putting it, you're not in the situation where bullets are flying. Like, it's a complete, it's definitely not that situation, but, I mean it's the best you can do without actually firing live rounds at people. You know what I mean? And especially in an apocalypse situation, you can't be wasting ammo to test the next guy's, you know, courage and bravery. Like you kind of just have, you have to go into that situation. Like, and at, and at that point it almost becomes like a fight or flight type deal. Like, Most people are going to resort to that if they find themselves in danger. You're gonna fight. Like you're not just gonna lay your life down because some guy is charging at you with a bat. Like you, at some point, your brain's gonna click and say, "If I don't do something, I'm going to die." Yeah. So I, now I want to hear from you two, and I tell you all the way that I would resolve. Like when I hear from the other two here, but I definitely want to hear how you two would uh go about making the decision as well. How me and program? Yeah, how you and program. Yeah, let's, let's take a crack at this, alright? So, in an apocalyptic 
scenario, which is, you know, what we're thinking about. We're still just doing the whole just four of us kind of scenario, right? Just mm-hmm. four of us against Bandit Camp two miles down the road. So the Bandit Camp has two people. We are just sending two people. Okay, well, if this Bandit Camp is causing us problems, why would that need just two people? Let's start with that one. Well, throw that logic out. Yeah. Say the decision has went to the council, I the can, council has I decided have, two I can, people. I can give you some solid logic. If you send four... Oh, no, I'm, I'm sure there's solid logic s- behind it. Like, okay, I, I don't disagree with that. You send all four of your guys, and all four of your guys get beaten by these two fucking brute bandits that have been doing this a lot longer. Now you're all dead. So nobody gets to carry on the legacy. Exactly. Yep. Like, you send two just in case. <laughs> yeah. You send two, that way you don't lose everybody in your camp. Because, I mean, it's it's like... it's. Kind of, I mean, you're delegating resources at that point. It's manpower. You don't yeah. want to lose your entire manpower for the thing that you are trying to strive and move forward in. So you send two people because you think those two people, and here's where the question comes in, you, which two people do you select that are the most suited and capable of pulling off said mission? How do you decide that? Okay, well, then, obviously, we're sending the security, okay, so Stitch would be, Stitch would be running the whole show. As his support, though, that, that does trip me up a little bit, because I, I know Stitch personally, you know, so Mm -hmm. I know that I'm more than confident to support his ass going out in the field. Now, if he feels that way, I doubt it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, trust me, I know he's sitting there thinking, fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Well, I mean, you you yeah. do have a period, so like, and it did kind of die. So like, what? I don't know, you had a battery in you. Didn't it have a battery in me. Yeah, well, I thought it died at one point. I don't it know. is yeah. dead. Well, see, the Iron Man, that shit. Yeah, it's dead sitting in my back right put now. Yeah, no. Exactly. Put two electrical prods on his nipples, tied it to a car battery, and, <laughs> and he's good now. <laughs> how do we? How do we supercharge this guy? Exactly. That's what I want to know. Somebody get a hold of. Just keep EMP. away from the EMPs, and we'll be just fucking fine. Okay. Nobody get too close to him with a magnet. <laughs> Same thing with a metal detector. I can't go through a metal detector. Shit gets real when I do that. I wish I was kidding about that. I'm not kidding. It gets real when I go through a metal detector. <laughs> like, so we told you to empty your pockets. You've done this six times. My pockets are empty, I swear. Why, that thing why, why do you keep passing out, damn it? I'm sorry. <laughs> Falls I'm face scared. first every time he passes through. It's just... Dee, dee, dee. Doom. <laughs> Fucking... Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> But Anyways. I think the stress test, yeah, I think the stress test would probably be one of the best ways to do it. But you know, in my mind, the stress test would be an apocalyptic scenario. I mean, everybody's under stress. Yeah. So at that point, it's kind of all right. Who's the first guy willing to potentially lay down their life to keep the other two alive? You know what I'm saying? The security guy kind of gets dicked because he doesn't really have a choice at that point. Because, hey, yeah, there's a, there, there's an external threat. It's your job to take care of the external threat, but you need somebody to assist you. Right, but he kind—I mean, he kind of signed up for that, or yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. There was a re- there was a reasoning behind why he was put in that position, so like he kind of knows at that point. Yeah, he was told beforehand. Yeah. All right, so we have two for the stress test. What do you think? I think it would be more of a mental test, not like the physical, like the stress test. Yeah, it's a really good idea. I think it would be more of the mental test. See how your head works in those scenarios. It, obviously, it wouldn't actually be the same as when you're out in the field, but it would kind of give an idea of the way your head would work in that it, in that situation. See, so like, I had a, a very different way when I was thinking about it. Because in my head, it's not necessarily who's going to be most tactically mind going into the situation. That does that does play a part, but I don't think it plays as much 
part is you guys are thinking. Because you have to realize. Look at a realistic scenario. Us four have been sitting in this compound for, say, two months. We know these bandits are here. We know their camp. We don't know exactly what the camp looks like, yada, yada. But all of that gets flushed out in the planning portion of what goes on, right? <coughs> I think the realistic thing that you that you have to look at isn't necessarily <laughs> when bullets start flying. Isn't necessarily when bullets start flying. Is he going to run the other way? I don't think it's in a situation who's going to think tactically, pull the right, pull the right move. I think it's who is most willing to pull the trigger come the time. Because in a realistic scenario, obviously your security guy is probably the most willing guy to pull that trigger. I think. Yeah, I don't think I think, so. I think you. I, I think if your security guy is not the most willing to pull that trigger, you probably need to get a new one. He's not doing his job. <laughs> it's time to trade him out. Like, so are we gonna so, sub, please. So you look at who's most willing to pull the trigger, and not only who's most willing to pull the trigger, but who is most willing or who is the least valuable in terms of longevity. And what I mean by that is, we all play an important role. Somebody's got to make decisions. Somebody's got to deal with food. Somebody's got to deal with security. Somebody's got to scout. Somebody's got to do all of these things. So we all have an importance in in the grand scheme of it. But it's it's who who you realistically deem is the least important. In my eyes, I don't even put my security guy going up in the camp. More of a general more than anything because if you if you pull your security guy he he and just say the scout he and the scout go because both of them would be the most trained and kind of urban and getting around right Mm -hmm. so say you pull those two guys bullets start flying some things happen the raid goes successfully but now all of a sudden you're down one security guy because he took one to the he took one too many to the chest in the midst of it. Now all of a sudden, instead of coming back, yeah, we did it, we're fine for now. It's well, our security guys go. Who's going to do that? We don't have the same mind we had. We're not as willing to pull the trigger. We're not even in the same stratosphere when it comes to being as tactical as that guy. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, when I when I did a little bit more thinking about it, I didn't pull the security guy at all. I pulled me and the scout, whomever that would be, be that Jesus or Ishan. And the reason I pulled me and the scout, because anybody can make a decision. A, eventually, one's going to get made, be it a fight or flight situation, or be it thinking and really putting, uh, really putting thought behind it. Either way, the decision is going to get made. And I pull the scout as a secondary strictly because you can live in a bunkered down situation with food and security, but you can't live. Well, (laughs) what I mean to say is you can still prosper without the guy scouting, getting to know the lay of the land as long as the guy who is procuring food and doing that portion is still there. The scout becomes a little bit less, uh, a little bit less valuable when the crops start growing. The scout becomes a little bit less valuable once the area is secure. But the security guy and the guy doing the farming always has the most important job because you don't survive without security and you don't survive without any sort of food. I don't even think that you should realistically put them under a stress test just because you know it's got to get dealt with. The decision's already been made to send two people. You don't want to put them in a scenario where you don't think they're going to do it. So obviously it would slightly depend on the people. I think it more so it more so depends on how valuable you realistically are to the group. And when it comes to that, in a long-term scenario, looking for something to last more than just a couple of months, the scout and the guy who's making decisions is definitely 
two that I would consider the least valuable. The two that I would send. I'd agree with that. I could see that. Yeah. In in a scenario like that, say say you guys, uh, we're we're just gonna eliminate the whole bandit camp scenario, right? Say say day to day, the scenario is different now, right? It's not just us four anymore. Say we've been in this apocalyptic situation for uh, six months, right? Not long enough to necessarily have been hardened by it, but long enough to where you're starting to get those 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 sort of feelings that the mindset is changing at exa- that point. Exactly, but it's not there yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're starting to get a grasp on what the hell's just happened. Exactly. Say you're at that scenario, and your camp is. Uh, let's put it something small. Let's put 15 people, right? Say your camp's about 15 people large. Um, your, your scouts have come to you and they've said, we, we ran through the town. We've looted everything that we could have possibly looted. We don't have anything else. We don't know which directions to go. We know that we're maybe three miles outside of the closest town that we've been and we don't know where the next one might be right at that point when your scout comes to you and you don't have any other option than to move is what i'm trying to say and i put i put the time frame in just to kind of give it a little bit of flavor but when you put that sort of time frame in and your only realistic option is to right because six months is probably long enough for maybe like some stuff to start growing, but you're not really feeding 15 people off of one man's one man's work. Problem. I could be wrong about that. It just depends. How do you decide what to do? How do you decide which which direction to go? Because realistically, if if the town is to the south of you, three miles to the south, that's what you've been looting, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what's north. Say, for whatever reason, you guys lived in that town that was three miles down the road. And y'all moved out three miles because you thought it made the most sense uh, in order to fortify and live, yada, yada, yada. How do you decide what to do next, where to go? Because, realistically, you could be leading the 15 people to, you know, the next town over. From my point of view, the only reason to even relocate would be a security measure or a food measure. That's what I'm saying. Okay. If you're the, stuck in one spot and all of a sudden you run out of food and you have no other way of acquiring any more, it's time to move your ass. You will die sitting there. Yeah, but how do you decide where to go? You don't know the lay of land very well. Say, just, I, this is obviously not a scenario that would realistically probably pop up, but say the apocalypse started and you had just recently moved to this town three miles south, right? The apocalypse starts, you and ten guys who have also just recently moved to the town uh, decide that y'all are going to band together and y'all are going to survive this thing together and y'all decide to move three miles out. Now your scouts have been infiltrating this town for six months. They've ran out of food. They don't have any more supplies in the town that they can find. How do you decide where to go? You don't know the lay of the land. You would need the scouts. You go back to what you know. If you're only three miles south, go back to what you know. Start there, then move out from there. Yeah, but that town's already looted. You're you're asking fifteen guys to walk to walk about three miles with no provisions. Okay, well you didn't specify the already camp. looted part. Fuck you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> like four times. What oh, you I mean? thought you said the town you were in. The town no, you were in. The, the town three miles south has been looted. That's the town that your scouts have been going back and forth to. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So how do you decide where to go from there? You definitely have to keep in weather conditions in mind. Um, think about supplies. Can you move camp? Uh, is that a possibility? Can you ask all members to be like, hey, we've got to uproot because we're out of supplies. And like, once again, that fight or flight, I mean, <laughs> if you have no other option, then you got to go somewhere else. Like, as far as, now, as far as deciding where to go, um, I mean, 
you've got your scouting division and I mean the whole team's going to be moving as a unit so you're going to have a lot more security in that situation um, you'll be able to rest up a lot easier you'll be able to pull shifts for guard and I mean essentially you can at that point you just keep going like you don't really have any other option you kind of just have to go until you find something new unless you can find a map or something of that of that nature yeah I could see that but you're not really taking into account the fact that you're you're living off the provisions that you have left and I didn't really specify how how long you had left in provisions so we'll just yeah. say we'll just say 30 days for mm-hmm. 50 people right mm-hmm. I don't think that you randomly pick up and go. I think that you're, you're sitting on a stockpile of provisions, even if it's just a week, right? Mm-hmm. You you tell your scouts, say, there's 15 people, you probably have maybe three, right? Yeah. You say, you go north for three days, go south three days, go west for three days. Come back to me at day six. And then when they all come back, somebody somewhere, is, it's not guaranteed, of course, but the situation is dire, so you, nothing's really guaranteed. Right. One of them is more likely than not going to come back and say, I found another town. I found a better location. There's deer in this area. Elk are somewhere around here. We're three miles outside of the city. So... It's very likely, especially in the United States, that you walk a day and a half north, and there's probably a town. There might not necessarily be, but... Not only that, you walk a day and a half, and you are going to make it more than three miles. Oh, yeah, easily. That's why why I just put three days, because... Clear almost 15, 20 miles, depending on walk speed for a full day and a half. That that's why I said three days because three days will give them enough time to have walked a considerable distance, mm-hmm. and by the sixth day they will have made it back. Yeah. And by that sixth day, you can say we go north with every fucking thing that we have left, and if we have to find food on the way, or you guys don't have to eat for a day or two, and that's just what it has to be. But yeah. you'll at least survive that way. I mean, rest more if you have to. Like, yeah. 